0: (laughs) Welcome to today's episode of Bible News Radio. Hope that you're going to stay around here. This is the second time we started this show. Mm -hmm. So this song that you're hearing in the background is Randall's latest song called Bright and Rainy Day. If you want to hear it, besides here on the show, you can go over to bit.ly forward slash R-K-H music, all caps, and you can uh, go directly to the page where you can listen to this anytime you want. So let's sit here and listen to this as you share this out, and if you're listening to the archive, hey, just kick back for about two more minutes, it's about a three minute song, relish in the brilliance of my husband. (laughs) to like our YouTube channel. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that like button and share, please. laughing there at the end. Isn't that sweet? Yeah, it is. Alright, so that's called Bright and Rainy Day. If you want to hear it by Randall Kevin Harp, uh, all you gotta do is go to bit.ly forward slash all capital letters R-K-H music. As in Randall Kevin Harp. R-K-H music. Go over there, check it out, follow his page where he's going to be putting up some other new music it's actually going to bring you to a website called song trader and by the way if you like the music at the beginning of this show and at the end of this show that's also music my husband wrote just so you know randall is an awesome composer and uh um i don't think he gets the credit he's due so much of the time there he is mr handsome himself Uh, the, the
1: credits are at the beginning at the end but people, a lot of people don't read those, but um, I'm I'm one to sit in the theater and then read all the credits rolling up because, you yeah, know. That's true, actually. Uh, you know, I want to see who the grip and the gaffer are and all that kind of stuff because uh, not that I, you know, wouldn't you know, recognize them in a lineup or anything, just because when it comes to a feature film, one of the reasons they have multi-million dollar budgets is it takes hundreds of people to, to, um, you know, do like a feature film, and it's, you know, folks worked hard on it, and it's, I just like to, you know, see their names roll by, even if I don't know them. Anyway, that was for free and for some reason and I I never know I guess these things are going out okay you know we don't change anything we've got the same audio equipment same signal processing chain we've always had going on and today it's showing uh, in the video mixer is just barely you know so
0: hmm.
1: um, I don't know
0: yeah so leave a comment if you can't hear us <laughs> Of course, you're like, you will actually leave a comment if you can't hear us. So, by the way, speaking of that, I want to tell you all that I want to thank you. Those of you who have supported Bible News Radio with our new nonprofit, Heart Tug International. Thank you for your support. You know what? We need your support. One of the things that you guys have done to help us out is you've helped us purchase a brand new mixer for the show. The current one that we're using is 15 years old, I think something like that, 15 years old. And I think Randall said the brand new one that we're trying to get is about, what, $600 or so. I think we raised 400 of that because you guys gave to that. Um, this will replace the archaic stuff that we have, right? And, and tell yeah, everybody we'll... a little bit about, about how that helps because, look, you guys, you all have no idea how much this takes to do the way that we do it with two people.
1: Well, the way that we're doing it, well... I'm oh. on just on the signal processing, and besides, of course, the microphones and the, you know, and and what happens the computers external hardware, external hardware. We've got three devices, three yeah, uh, that are part of the signal chain: the mixer, uh, the mic preamp, and the uh, noise gate, and and the stuffs old the, uh, you know, the, yeah, the mixer has some problems with the um, insertion loop and stuff like that and try cleaning it out. Anyway, it's just old. And so what we're looking at is repl- <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we're looking at replacing the, the three pieces of um external hardware with one piece of hardware, Uh which will just make things easier to troubleshoot really and uh and involve less cables and that sort of thing so well it's
0: up the the count the quality will be better too so
1: yeah well just because uh newer stuff and newer stuff and just because it's newer and you know newer uh signal processing in the digital world is um usually um uh, less prone to noise and interference than um you know the analog pieces of hardware that we have and and two um it's newer so you know so probably better when it comes to just the signal processing capabilities anyway yes, back to you
0: well anyway that is one of the needs that we have here at the show and uh um thank you guys in advance if you want to continue to support us at least with a like with a monthly donation then you can do that too go over to our website biblenewsradio.com forward slash give and uh, pretty soon we're gonna have our brand new website up there we're just waiting for a couple of things to to take place uh, but we'll make it you you will be so impressed hopefully lord willing, you'll be impressed <laughs> And if you're not impressed, I'm not here to impress you anyway, just so you know.
1: That should be uh, by the end of the week at the latest, you know, by Friday. There is some...
0: Uh, More yeah. energy here.
1: Yeah. there. Are, by the end of the week for sure, um, there, are, <laughs> there have been a, a couple of surprises in terms of transferring domain names and things like that because, you know... We, We're replacing an existing website with a new primary domain name and redirecting things, stuff like that, and getting that in place to test before it goes live. And so it's not as simple as I expected it to be. Those things never are. Anyway, back to you.
0: And now that we've finished with our boring announcements, let's go ahead and get... Actually, you know, I have to tell you, so Randall and I, we've been doing DoorDash for fun. Well, actually, to raise money. But here's the thing, I got to tell you, (laughs) first of all, if you're new to the show, we're married, just so you know. Second of all, um, this show, yes, we're called Bible News Radio. We're going to get into everything that we're talking about today. Um, But I want you to know that we do not take the news lightly, but we also don't want to be like a classic downer like most news is because that's not my goal. My goal with this show is to encourage you in your faith uh, and to mock occasionally the enemy and sometimes, you know, to give serious commentary, which I actually do. I, I look at, you know, serious issues with a light touch and <clears throat> that's because life is too short to be depressed the whole time. So Randall and I have been door dashing and yesterday, I have to just share the story. It was so funny to me. I don't think Randall found it nearly as funny as me, but it was raining out. We decided, we were scheduled, we scheduled ourselves to go out to DoorDash and, and, you know, that's what you do when you're, when you need to make money, right? You, you do a job, you don't mooch off the government, you know, you don't sit on your butt and do nothing, right? Okay. Okay. So me and Randall were going out there, and this first order that we got was from McAllister's, which is a deli, in case you've never been there or you're in some other part of the country that doesn't have a McAllister's. Um, it, just so you know, it's a deli. It's actually a really nice place to go. Um, and I go there, and and one, there's two orders to pick up, but one of them was for a ham and cheese sandwich. Literally. Literally a ham and cheese sandwich. It was the sandwich was about that big about the size of a regular sandwich and they wanted no contact delivery so that was fine you know I didn't have to touch them or (laughs) anything (laughs) but (laughs) you're like really yeah that was so funny what was funny was they ordered a ham and cheese sandwich to be delivered to their house (laughs) Uh, You know, the lady at McAllister's, because I was telling the lady at McAllister's that I thought it was funny. And they're like, maybe they really like our ham and cheese. (laughs) I said, said, clearly, clearly, obviously they like your ham and cheese. But I was just surprised that a person would order one item to be delivered and it was a little ham and cheese sandwich. (sighs) I think in, in the history of Me doing DoorDash and delivering food, I never... I mean, most people get a lot of food. They don't get, like, one little item. You know. I think the other thing that rivaled that, though, was a couple weeks ago when somebody ordered three large drinks. They're basically big gulp size. They they ordered these three massive drinks from, I think it was Sonic. And I'm like, who could drink all this stuff? I mean, ugh, ugh. I'm not a soda person, so that's probably part of it, but... But they order a ham and cheese sandwich, seriously. So anyway, that was my laugh of the day. I don't know if you thought that was funny. Probably not. But when you consider it took us about 30 minutes to deliver this food from the time that we went to go get it to deliver it, what a way to spend your day delivering a ham and cheese sandwich to somebody. Just a ham and cheese sandwich. I just thought that was funny. (laughs) Anyway. All right, now on to the serious news people. Okay. <clears throat> so So I don't know if you saw this, but there is a article going around and it was, you know, tweeted out. It was sent out 2 days ago. It's titled Christian evangelicals are America's Taliban. Actors, journalists equate the American Christians to the Taliban. Oh. And I don't know about you, but this is not news to me. Uh, this is old news, really, when you when you think about it. Because the left has a way of vilifying Christians, just in general, right? Um, Christians are the scum of the earth. Christians are the problems of the world. You know, Christians are the evildoers. You know, I mean, we are like you know poo on the bottom of your shoe because that's how awful Christians are. Uh, and that's what the that's what the leftist Marxist socialist, communist, liberal media truly believe about believers right uh which is why this article you know it's 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 not a clickbait article because it's legit I mean this is a legit it's on daily wire here you can see it right there on our on our screen uh of course they put in a you know a, a you can't see the picture that they put, but there's always there's always some type of tank with you know guns in it, you know. And it says here, MSNBC host Joy Reid stirred up controversy earlier this week when she compared Christian conservatives to the Taliban. But Reid is hardly the only public figure on the left making that analogy. Actor Tim Russ, best known for playing Lieutenant Commander Tuvok on the sci-fi series star trek voyager and principal franklin on nickelodeon's *iCarly* tweeted monday that quote the taliban are as fanatical about their beliefs and culture as the millions of people right here in the u.s who believe in religion conspiracy theories and alternate reality unquote this isn't the first time russ has disparaged disparaged americans of faith generally or christians specifically the comic book news site bounding into comics reprinted several past anti-christian comments from Russ, including the following quote, uh, the U S and that's in brackets already has Sharia law ellipsis, Christian Sharia law. There is no difference. One religion forcing their beliefs and way of life on everyone else, which is against the first amendment. That is exactly the same thing. Well, here's a news flash to this knucklehead. Uh, there is no such thing as Christian Sharia law, and secondly Christians don't go around blowing themselves up uh, in hopes of entering into paradise and getting seven virgins just as a reward. Um, Christians are told by their by their leader Jesus to pick up their cross daily and to deny themselves and to lay down their lives and to love their enemies and bless those who who persecute them, etc Randall.
1: I just want to do a 30 second tutorial on the First Amendment. First okay. Amendment isn't about separating religion from the public square. It very specifically says that Congress shall make no law respecting an institution of religion. Um, and so, or an establishment of religion. Anyway, it's about limiting the power of Congress, not what you can say in the public square. And, you know halting public discourse so go read it it's about limiting the powers of congress that's what the first amendment is about anyway back to you
0: yes see how smart he is (laughs) all right so the second the second quote here uh don't know who you are but you need to get down off your high holy quote christian unquote high horse about the quote unborn unquote you fanatic's Don't give a damn about anybody after they're born. Never have and never will. And quit defending the maniac in the White House for God's sake. Again, this is a tweet from a leftist guy named Russ. And again, talk about ignorance. First of all, this is so easy to take apart. First of all, well, I will admit something. Okay, number one, many Christians do act as if they're better than others, right? Those would be the Sadducees and the Pharisees of our day. The least legalistic pious among us, which, you know, uh, which we all know, right? Um, <laughs> and the very fact that I read that quote should tell you I'm not in that category <laughs> because the pious would never say that word, damn, just so you know. Uh, but here's the thing. This guy is completely ignorant because crisis pregnancy centers around the country and even the world and various parts of the world are run by Christians And we are the ones that help those mothers who, in many cases, and I would dare say most, have children out of wedlock because they're promiscuous and they're breaking God's law that way. Um, But we are the ones there giving them food, giving them baby bottles, giving them parenting classes, giving them diapers, adopting their children in some cases. Um, There are many Christian churches out there that actually have numerous people within their body who adopted these babies uh, after they're born. Uh, So this guy has no idea what the heck he's talking about. I mean, there are more crisis pregnancy centers in America than there are Planned Parenthood, praise God, because of those so-called high holy Christians uh, who are out there. And by the way, just a fact check here, we have medicine, we have medical facilities. Why? Because of those Christians, you know, we have... Uh, you know, freedom in this country. Why? Because of the Christians. It's not because of your atheists or anybody who's set these programs up to help the less fortunate. Did you want to say something? No. Okay. Anyway, continuing on. Author and freelance journalist Feminista Jones, who has contributed to outlets like the New York Times, the Washington Post, Salon, and Vox, has made similar inferences saying Thursday. Always funny to me when christians pretend their religion is somehow less oppressive of women than islam laughing my a off okay well here is clearly another very ignorant person and this is the thing i have to tell you feminista what a name i mean is that really her real name i you know i doubt it i doubt it but first of all uh i am a woman i declare it here now before the world so that you could see that Um, if you saw me without clothes on, you would know I'm a woman and I don't identify as a man. So speaking as a woman, I will tell you that that feminista Jones is very ignorant of the word of God because if she actually read the word of God in its context and understood it within its historical context, especially the old Testament, she would know that Christianity is the religion that does not oppress women. In fact, Jesus was so awesome when it came to promoting women that he allowed a woman to be the first person to see the resurrected Christ himself, right? Why is this important? Because here's why it's important. Because in the Jewish court of law, the woman's testimony was considered invalid, right? So if Jesus rose from the dead and he appears to a woman and her testimony, was given to all the disciples, which it was, which, duh, hello, all of us who've heard the gospel now, it's because of that woman, ultimately, giving the testimony, um, then we know it's true, and, and despite the, the law, which was legalistic to the Jews at that point, uh, how they used it, not that God says it was legalistic, but how the Jews oppressed people, a big difference, um, You know, it's ridiculous. Not only that, we got the woman who was brought, who was caught in adultery. If you read that story in John, you'll, you'll see that Jesus basically calls out all of those who have condemned her and then they all leave after he writes something in the sand. Nobody knows what it is, but the implication there is he used his finger, which represents God's finger writing the Ten Commandments. And then he said, woman, where are your accusers? Neither do I accuse you. I do not condemn you. Go and sin no more. Because he was without sin and he could have condemned her. Jesus didn't do that. So I don't think that's very oppressive. Just so you know. Also, Mary Magdalene and the others, you know, the woman who wept at Jesus' feet, anointed him with oil. He could have. You know, when the disciples were going, Hey, don't you know who this is touching you? Jesus is telling them to shut up and saying, Hey, you know, she has the better part. What she's done for me when the whole gospel is preached in the whole world. Uh you know, will be spoken well of her. I don't think that's very oppressive, also, Jesus came through the Virgin Mary, man. I don't think he oppressed Mary just so you know we have her as one of the most high and holy saints of the world, uh because of what she did. So I don't think this feminista Jones person knows anything about God's word because if she did, she would see that God. Jesus, in particular, lifted people up. Unlike the Taliban, Islam, which raped them willingly. They say their husbands can rape and beat the crap out of their wives anytime they want. They make them wear stuff covering their head. I mean, that's oppressive, right? Christianity, biblical Christianity, is nothing like Islam, so don't ever let anybody tell you otherwise. Randall? <clears throat> um,
1: I would say that Feminista Jones should just study world history and look at the status uh, and freedom of women in countries prior to the Gospel coming there, uh, and afterward, when Christianity became the predominant faith, as well as look at the the status and freedom of women before Islam became the predominant faith in those countries, <coughs> and see in which cases the status and freedom of women was elevated you know, in the before and after. Um, there's there's really no contest. um That's a
0: great point. That's why and, I keep you around.
1: And, yeah, you don't have to go far back in history. I mean, you don't, um, I mean, you know, the conquest of Islam, you know, beginning about 8600 and, you know, especially uh, into the four digits, you know, 800s, 900s, and where Christianity was predominant, and then Islam, by the sword, became the predominant faith, and and you can can read books, you you know, the history is out there, it's not hidden, it's not esoteric, Uh, you know, the before and after status of women, before and after Islam, before and after Christianity, anyway. I'm yeah.
0: done. So going on with this article, this Pablum. When someone replied that they would pray for Jones, she mockingly responded by posting an image of a crying child holding a wooden cross <clears throat> a wooden a wooden cross. <clears throat> the What's day before that mean? well she's just mocking it, you know. The day before John Max Smith, son of the famed British author Harry Leslie Smith and a writer in his own right, who has been published in Canada's Globe and Mail and the UK's Independent, said, make no mistake, Christian evangelicals are America's hashtag Taliban and wield as much power to in their society. That's a very awkward comment. They yeah. used the word, why they threw two in there? That's stupid. For a guy that writes, that was very bad writing. Just yeah, so unnecessary. <laughs> you know as much power
1: also <laughs> they wield as much well of course and as much power are and okay anyway well, they put, anyway anyway
0: but it isn't just atheists and the actively anti-religious equating christians to the islamic terror group duke university theology professor curtis freeman is the director of the school's baptist house of studies A oh, brother and has written for outlets like the Raleigh News and Observer and the Houston Chronicle, along with authoring several books on Christianity and the Baptist denomination. He's also been cited as a religious expert by USA Today and CNN. Well, that should give you your first. (laughs) If those two are going to them, then... Anyway, on Tuesday, he argued, quote, the Taliban allow no liberty of conscience. They are like hashtag Christian nationalists and other American Christian fundamentalists, unquote. How in the heck does that even pass the straight face test? I don't know. I mean, seriously. Okay, so the Taliban allow no liberty of conscience, but somehow they're like Christian nationalists and American Christian fundamentalists. Like, that doesn't even make sense.
1: D- despite that, all the Ivy League universities were founded by like Christians. Yeah, and and um, <sighs> what's the word I go for? Uh, devout Christians.
0: So in the past, Freeman has taken even sharper aim at other members of his own faith. As the American Conservative reported in March, he claimed, "Quote." evangelical christianity is the greatest threat to human existence today it must be laid waste really okay so okay so i'm just curious so communism the taliban um covid19 covid19 <laughs> the vaccine Ebola um abortion it's not that all of those are 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 under evangelical christianity so evangelical christianity is the greatest threat to human existence today you know let me ask you something okay i know i know okay bear with me here here's my question could you see jesus saying that the answer is no clearly no however could you see the devil saying that? Could you see the devil saying evangelical Christianity is the greatest threat to human existence today? It must be laid waste. Oh, I totally could. Because the devil is the butthead. And what I can also say is that um, we are the greatest threat to the devil. And we are the greatest threat to Satan's ploy to kill, steal, and destroy. Why? Because Jesus came to give us life and to bring it abundantly to us, right? He is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through Jesus himself. So you got this Christian, so-called Baptist dude, theology guy, uh, claiming evangelical Christianity is the greatest threat to human existence today. Clearly, he never has read the Bible. Or if he has, he clearly doesn't have the Holy Spirit in him. That helps him to understand it. And I am a mere lowly woman, just so you know. I'm one of those oppressed women by Christianity. I'm totally, I'm oppressed, like unbelievably oppressed, right? I mean, I am so oppressed. I'll tell you a couple of things that the oppression of Christianity as a woman has brought to my life. Number one, I have a loving husband. It is the most amazing. Thing. I have a man who's not only hot, hunky, and everything, but he he loves me. He treats me like you would not believe how great he treats me. He honors me, he loves me, he protects me. Uh, he puts up with me even when I'm in a you know bad mood, which isn't very often to be honest, but my husband respects me, he loves me. I mean, that's so awful and horrible. Ugh, yeah. Also, I came from poverty, right? My background, if you wanted to be like vulgar about it, my, my family was white trash, okay? True story. And I will tell you, gosh, I came from a white trash background and I have a master's degree. Just so you know, I put myself through college, uh, a Christian college, in fact, two Christian colleges I went to. And I have to say that I am one of the more highly educated women in the whole world because of my Christian faith, becoming a follower of Jesus. I decided to pursue higher education and there's like probably one to 2% of women in the world who have a master's degree and higher. So I'm highly oppressed. It is awful. Just that educational oppression that I've suffered being an evangelical Christian. I mean, you know, I live in a beautiful part of America uh, where I can walk around freely. I can go play pickleball whenever I feel like it. I can go to the store whenever I want. I don't have to be chained to anybody. I don't have to answer to anybody. Um, I am totally oppressed because of Christianity. Yeah, I am. And um, just, you know, yeah.
1: You even have a driver's license.
0: I have a driver's license, (laughs) too. I have a driver's license. And I'm an independent um, businesswoman as well. I, you know, I own my own business. More than one, actually. So what I can tell you is that I am totally oppressed because of evangelical Christianity. Because I live my life. According to the word of God. True story. Oh, and here's the other thing. I'm so oppressed because I actually decided to wait to have sex until I was married. Because that's what God's word told me to do. And so because of that, I am so oppressed. I have no sexually transmitted diseases. Darn it. I am totally oppressed. This Christianity stuff is like the worst thing ever. In my whole entire life. The
1: greatest threat to human existence today. <laughs>
0: I, I mean. I mean. Seriously. I declare the truth of God's word. All over, all over the world. Uh, because of how horrible Christianity is. And. <laughs> and I you know. I can't hate Christianity enough for how horrible it's been to me. Just saying. Okay, I'm um, obviously you guys know that everything I just said was in jest to mock this person because they're they're ignorant clearly. And this is terrifying when you think the leadership position this knucklehead has in a Christian university. <sighs> Now, according to Wheaton College's 2016 analysis, around 90 to 100 million Americans qualify as evangelicals. After receiving pushback from fellow Christians, Freeman deleted both his comments. At the same time, the Taliban is reportedly killing women for not wearing burqas and opening fire on civilians. The other commentators have, so far, let their comparisons stand. Just so you know. Yeah. So you got a bunch of knuckleheads out there who don't read the Word of God, who are disobedient to the Word of God, claiming that Christianity is worse or, yeah, worse than the Taliban.
1: I would say rather than the greatest threat to humanity that Christianity is the greatest threat to licentiousness and and sin and and doing so without shame. I mean it, it carries its own shame. <clears throat> you know, but as as Jesus himself said, people don't come to light lest their deeds be exposed and their evil deeds be exposed. Yeah. Um and and having Christians around, people endeavoring to follow Christ is the biggest threat I think to their their willful pursuit of Ultimately, self-destructive sin. Back to you.
0: Right. So, Barb writes in in a, um, the chat on YouTube, Home from the hospital and apparently avoided the COVID hoax hoops. When asked, the subject was dropped immediately when I claimed a religious exemption. But when I have been told, I have the look married women have loosely interpreted as dropped dead. <laughs> Barb, you... you... I love you. (laughs) I really do love you because you, you are, um, I love you. You send me good info and, and you worked in the nursing world for a long time. And I totally appreciate that. You are one of the oppressed among us. And I love you for that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, The mind control around the topic is like MK ultra on steroids and the hospital workers are the worst. Yeah. Hey, you know what? I will, you know, I will bring this up, Um, um, you know, and I did bring this up in a previous show. And the only reason I didn't title this thing back about the vaccine is because, frankly, I'm sick and tired of talking about it. But, you know, I have a friend who's a nurse who does not want to be vaccinated and could lose her job. So I talked to the attorneys at Legal Shield and they said religious exemption is the way to go. We actually typed that. We shared that last week. So if you're again, you're somebody in the helping professions. I have friends in the schools, uh, you know, I mean, it is no mistake, people, that the healthcare industry is what's under attack here. <clears throat> and it's no mistake this biological weapon that brought over what that was brought over by China, right? We all know that's true. Nobody's talking about it that way. But it it's no mistake. You know, and then the the cure that works is being banned. So if you go to americasfrontlinedoctors.com, I think it is or .org, you can go there and get a frontline doctor who actually doesn't want you to be vaccinated. Um, you know, you can do what you want it's your body your choice right I mean <laughs> I am speaking the liberal lingo here but it's true it is your body it's your choice if you want to get vaccinated or not uh, so yeah yeah it's uh, it's it's interesting all right I want to give you some good news here because, you know, we are doing two hours and I want to give you some good news. I want to give God the glory because now, according to the Epic Times, which I highly recommend you check out, uh, Texas ban. On, uh, the other one. Yeah, sorry. Texas ban on most abortions takes effect after the Supreme Court does not intervene. This is good news. So if you're living in Texas, you can be wow. happy about this says here, the Texas law that bans most abortions took effect on September 1st, which is today, after the Supreme Court did not respond to an emergency motion that asked it to block the law. Senate Bill 8 bars doctors from performing abortions unless he or she has tried detecting a fetal heartbeat. Only if a heartbeat is not detected, can the doctor perform an abortion unless a medical emergency exists. The legislation explicitly forbids state officials from enforcing it. Instead, private citizens except for an individual who impregnated a woman through rape or incest may file lawsuits against doctors, clinics, and anyone involved in an abortion that violates the law. If someone who brings a lawsuit prevails, they will be awarded at least $10,000 for each abortion that the defendant performed or helped with. State Senator Brian Hughes, a Republican who sponsored the bill, has called it the most powerful pro-life legislation in Texas history and has said it will serve as a model for the country. And I'm not going to read the rest, but I will just say that we can thank our good friend Janet Porter uh, for heading up the whole thing about the heartbeat bill. We've had Janet on the show before. Talk about a little warrior for Christ who's standing up for the preborn baby. Nope, I didn't say unborn. It's pre-born. Uh, the baby is pre-born outside the womb. It's living inside the womb. Um, and, you know, and this is a good thing. In, the, in a world where babies are being mercilessly, you know, offered up to Moloch uh, through abortion, I have to tell you that having at least that protection will give that baby, you know, a fighting chance to, to be able to come to life. So, Randall?
1: Yeah, like I say, at least that protection. It, it troubles me that the legislation explicitly forbids state officials from enforcing it, but that's probably the only way they could get it passed in this wicked world. Is that okay? It's the law, but state officials, i.e., you know, um, police officers, you know, state prosecutors, they they can't enforce it. Uh, you know, U.S. marshals, anybody in law enforcement, and legislation can't enforce it. Legislation permits state officials from enforcing it, but at least it does give the ability for private citizens to uh, sue abortion providers if they don't uh, first attempt to detect a heartbeat and proceed with the abortion if a fetal heartbeat is detected. At least there's that uh you know that provision uh the possibility of a lawsuit and at ten thousand dollars you know per you know instant i just um I just wonder you know who's going to i don't know it's problematic, i rejoice but uh with with some reservations,
0: yeah. obviously there's reservations but you know it is hard I mean when you think about it okay picture this okay I am now going to paint you a picture with my words that you will now see in your mind okay imagine you're standing in the dark and it's literally dark where you're at you're outdoors in the dark in like a, what do you call, you know, like a farm area in the country. That's what I meant to say. There's no city lights around you. It's pitch black in the dark. You're out there. And then you look up into the sky and you see some bright little shining lights. Right? Are you with me? Okay, good. So here we are. We're all standing in the dark. You're in the dark. There's no city lights around you. You're looking up at the sky and there's lights. And you see the stars they're giving off light. That's what you are in this world right now cuz this world is dark and we are little lights that shine. And there's this song let this little light shine, you know, I am not I forgot how it goes, but it's something this to that This
1: little light of mine. Yes, what he said. I'll let
0: it shine. Right. But here's the thing. Little lights independently of one another are only little lights, but if you put them all together, then they light up, they give you a lot more light. Just like a little fire, you know. That's why being in fellowship is important. You know, it's a lot easier to attack a sheep by himself when he's not surrounded by other sheep. Right? But when those sheep are separated and alienated, it's way easier for the devil to go after them and tear them apart. Now the problem is, is that we have sheep Wolves among the sheep, which brings me to my scripture of the day to talk about until the end of the hour, because next hour we're going to continue with some good news, and I'm going to carry this theme over because this is something that's really been on my heart lately. Proverbs 16, or Proverbs 6, I mean, Proverbs chapter 6, in the New American Standard Bible 1995 version, reads as follows, beginning of verse 16 says here, there are six things which the Lord hates. Yes, seven, which are an abomination to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, a hand and hands rather that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that run rapidly to evil, a false witness who utters lies and one who spreads strife among brothers. All right, let's take this part just for a minute. Okay, so there's six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven, which are an abomination to him. First of all, haughty eyes. Note the body here. We got haughty eyes here. We got eyes. Then a lying tongue. Got the tongue. Then you got hands. So you got eyes, tongue, and hands. Then a heart that devises wicked plans hands that shed innocent blood a heart that devises wicked plans feet which run rapidly to evil a false witness who utters lies and one who spreads strife among brothers you know i have to tell you having sat behind this microphone to quote janet Parshall when she says it uh for almost 17 years I have to tell you something, the number one, the number one complainers I've ever had in this show are from fellow so-called Christians. Number one, whether it's being attacked in email because I covered an issue that they didn't like, uh, or it's somebody who's pretended to be my friend and they're holier than thou because they don't like a topic I said, or it's somebody who's just like, well, I can't believe that you had so-and-so on your show and you're this way because of that. I can tell you that the, the one who spreads strife among brothers is probably one of the most pervasive things God hates. And, you know, it breaks my heart because when those of us who've been abused by people in the church, and I've been one of those, believe me. Um, I, I, you know, I have to tell you that some of the most pious, biblically literate so-called people are those people. Um, Julie Royce has a blog And um, she used to broadcast on Moody Radio. She had a show. And I I will tell you, if you go to julieroys.com, I'm not going to go through all of the articles that she has. But when I I actually had Julie on my show uh, a couple of years ago, I think it's been about two years ago now, um, after she left Moody. Why did she leave Moody Radio? Because she uncovered some corruption in the Moody world, Um, Moody University, uh, Moody College, or whatever it's called. Um, But... God has called her really truly to expose the stuff in the church this weekend in my little area in Tennessee, one of the most popular churches in this area, which I've never gone to Grace Chapel, Leaper Fork, which is known as kind of the Christian celebrity church in my area. uh, The preacher's wife of Steve Berger's wife, the former head leader of that church, um, got up and started attacking the new guy. Um, and saying stuff and and that made the news and then you know Julie has stuff from John MacArthur's church and and Ohio megachurch investigating fear-based leadership um, controversial hire at victims advocacy groups resigns after three months John MacArthur admits prior church COVID outbreak in his old his own illness and I mean I could read through these things and tell you like Dan Darling, who actually was a guest on my show years ago. He was fired by NRB after his pro-vaccine statements. Um, you know, pastor quits South Carolina church. His supporters revolt to bring him back. I mean, if this is what you look at as far as the, the state of Christianity in the world, then I'll tell you what, this fits the category of uh, Proverbs 6 for sure. Right? <clears throat> You know, a lot of people don't like conflict. Let me ask you something. true Just serious question. How many of you really, truly like conflict? Raise your hand. Oh, the narcissist among you raised your hand. Oh, good for you. You know, I'm glad because that's just, you're a narcissist and we know that. Most people do not like conflict, right? I mean, that's the reality. Most sane people don't like conflict. The problem is, is that sometimes revolving conflict scares people. Resolving conflict scares people because they've never been taught how to resolve conflict after they attack you for no warranted reason. It's like they see the threat of resolving conflict as conflict itself. That makes sense? So it's like, okay, when you try to do what God says and you go to your brother or your sister and say, hey, you know what? We need to talk about this. You know, I don't like the fact that you said this, this, and this. People will just ban you or they'll silence you or they'll ignore you. Um, And they're being flat out disobedient to God's word. (laughs) You know, and that's a tragedy. Because it falls into everything that God hates, right? God hates it. Nobody wants to talk about it, though. Haughty eyes. God hates haughty eyes. You know, have you ever been around somebody with haughty eyes? They think they know everything. They're full of pride. They, you know, I have. I grew up with it. My oldest brother is one of the biggest jerks on the planet uh, in particular. He thinks he knows everything. Uh, he's, he's one of the most haughty, arrogant people I've ever known in my whole life. God hates that, right? It, it, it's, it's, it's sad. A lying tongue. You know how many Christians lie about other people? You know, hey, when you don't tell the truth completely, you're lying, just so you know. God hates that, you know? Hands that shed innocent blood. Do you know how many so called Christians support the abortion industry? Do you know how many so called Christians voted for Joe Biden, supposedly, even though this is the most corrupt administration in the history of our country? And. It's he's he's an illegitimate president. He shouldn't have been president in the first place. But how many Christians vote on the choice issue? Oh, you know what? You have the choice to vote for somebody who wants to murder babies. Yeah, that's a big issue. The life issue is a big issue. You know, same thing with supporting homosexuality. Because ultimately. That leads to death. Okay. Okay. But here it talks about hands that shed innocent blood. And there's no more innocent than a baby, especially one in the womb still. A heart that devises wicked plans and feet that run rapidly to evil. You know, it's interesting. If you think about the heart that devises wicked plans, you know, Jeremiah tells us that the heart is deceitful above all else who can know it. Right. So anybody that likes to tell me that you're good, they clearly don't know God's word (laughs) because there's none of us good in our hearts. You know, people say, oh, follow your heart. I'm like, "Uh, no, because if I followed my heart, it wouldn't it wouldn't go someplace good because in my flesh, I would want to beat the crap out of you. Just so you know, I I wouldn't be like being like Jesus and walking holy, you know, (laughs) Um, but. A heart that devises wicked plans, that could be people who are writing legislation that are persecuting Christians, right? I mean, think about it. A heart that devises wicked plans, what's wicked? Anything that goes against what God says is right is wicked, right? I mean, you know, feet that run rapidly to evil, A false witness who utters lies, you know, that was one of the most interesting things when you read the New Testament, and this was written in the Old Testament, but when you read what happened to Jesus, it's amazing to me the the false witnesses that they had to get in order to uh, kill Christ, right? I mean these people literally knew that they were being a false witness. They were lying, you know, And if you've ever been a victim of a crime and you've had people come and say, oh, no, that didn't happen or whatever, you know, it's like. (laughs) You know, false witnesses. Yeah, I could totally go on. And one who spreads strife among brothers, you know, I never claim sanity and some things must be confronted. (laughs) Well, that's true. I agree with you there. Um, Randall, why don't you talk about this a minute? Because I'm sure that you've seen it, right? Well? I mean, this is tragedy.
1: Agreed. You know, it's interesting to me that, you know, there are six things which the Lord hates and seven which are an abomination. If you count the six, the haughty eyes, the lying tongue, the hands that shed innocent blood... You have to look back. Uh heart that divides wicked plans, feet that run rapidly to evil and a false witness. The writers lies. That's six. The seventh, the one that pushes things over the edge to abomination. The way I read it, you know, there's six things the Lord takes. Well, you know, seven that are an abomination. The one that like is that tipping point, that last straw that becomes that takes from hate to abomination. Seven things are one who spreads strife among believers or among brothers. You know, so, and brothers could be, you know, in your own household, you know, your own uh, nuclear family, Uh, be the household of faith. Uh, Certainly see that a lot. Um, Yeah, some things must be confronted, and Scripture gives us the, um, ways to confront things. Matthew chapter eighteen, going to brother privately, tell him his fault. If doesn't hear, bring two or three witnesses, etc. Uh, Galatians six tells us about if there's a if there's a brother in error, you know, uh, restore such a one in the spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be, uh, you know, tempted, etc. Uh, gives us ways to confront and correct, you know, as as. Paul wrote to Timothy, you know, the scriptures, you know, inspired get him profitable for correction, rebuke, and all that, but strife is never a good thing in scripture. Uh, Spreading strife is not just confronting an issue, but pitting one against the other, not confronting where something is already uh, a conflict, but creating the conflict, Uh, spreading strife, uh, some translations uh translate it sowing discord and that said it's creating conflict and strife where there wasn't and and that is a great tool of the enemy as Jesus said you know a house divided against itself will not stand i mean that right. was in response to his you know <laughs> being accused of casting out demons by the prince of demons and that's a whole other story but you it, know, it, it's true. A house divided itself can't stand, and um, and so it's a it's a it's an oft used tool of the enemy of our souls is to sow strife and discord. Some have made an industry out of it, and some names come to mind where <laughs> they come into town and stir stir up strife and and tell people why they're unhappy and they're impressed and. And we let it happen, uh, this latest issue of vaccinated versus unvaccinated. I mean, your body, your choice. I mean, and it's something, and there are, and there are, you know, there's arguments to both sides. And arguments, not ah, argument. It's, I wish we had a better word in English. Uh, you know, uh, n- not simply contradictions or gainsaying or, arguments in the true sense like a, a debate in the high school or college debate you know assertions of facts to support your site um arguments in the true sense if you want good definition of arguments go watch the argument clinic a sketch by monty python anyway uh... or,
0: or don't don't watch it <laughs> i've had to, you know how many times i've had to sit through that because he likes that so much oh sh- this is what marriage is about um, Tolerance of the other's sense of humor.
1: Anyway, so um anyway, but yeah. Uh but you know, it's this it's this strife we have. Well if you and I've talked about this before, well if if you're going for vaccines, you're a stupid pawn of the communist government. Well if you're not vaccinated, you're signing a death warrant for my grandma. And just this strife and this conflict, and it's like cool your jets, meditate, eat a hamburger, you know let's you know it's not biblical to stir up strife and 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 create polar opposites um that's it's an abomination to the Lord to sow strife to sow discord to spread strife we' we we need to look for ways to uh you know uh restore harmony where they can be with inside scripture and some things are not even moral issues that we make moral issues yeah and, like
0: the vaccine you know. that's not a moral issue yeah. i i would tell you 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 guys in all seriousness keep your enemies close yeah i totally understand that thing because you know the christians that keep your have, friends
1: close and your enemies closer yeah,
0: because the so-called christians among you are often hypocrites they're cowards uh they're liars they care about themselves. They don't care about anybody else, and they're willing to throw you under the bus because you're standing for something that they disagree with because they're stupid. <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> I just say. <saying>. eloquent. <laughs> yes. I am, you know, I'm one of those oppressed evangelical women. Um, I get so sick and tired of it, honestly. It, it disgusts me. It disgusts me to no end that people in the church are some of the most hateful, intolerant, bigoted people. And I don't mean against the gay community. I I mean against each other. You know, when you, especially and I'm going to bring this over in a second hour, especially when you're talking about people in the other side of the country and the world, you know, who are their lives are threatened. Hey, you want to talk about standing under Christian persecution, something that's actually going to take your life? Most of you out there who have these little petty issues who create this division, you'll never stand when real Christian persecution happens because your little white feelings get hurt because you can't stand a topic that you have a, divide, a different opinion about. You know what? You'd never stand in the persecuted church whatsoever. They First of all, they'll never let you into the underground church because you wouldn't have the guts to go to jail for your faith, right? But you can throw somebody under the bus who's trying to warn you Shame on you, you know, shame on you people. You need to stop it and grow up because you know what? This life isn't a joke and your faith isn't a joke. At least if you have one, unless you're playing church. If you're playing church, then it's a joke. But, you know, and good to you because you're going to hell if you're playing church. Just so you know, (laughs) you know. Uh, Anyway. All right. Well, with that said. I will shut up now because <laughs> uh, we got to reboot for second hour because we are not part of the vast Christian right media that has five million dollars thrown at us every month to hire people to do all this stuff. We got to do this on our own. So we're going to un, we're going to finish this episode. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about real Christian persecution and, you know, how to stand in it. Uh, as well as some good news as well I got because there's some good news and I don't want to be like a downer so we're going to share with you some good news as well so like I said at the beginning of the show go over to BibleNewsRadio.com forward slash give if you want to support us if not give your money to the liberal media and all the crap they promote I don't care Um, and we'll be back in about six minutes